This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Hey. Hi. Why do you have that look on your face? <laughs> you look confused. Are you okay? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just having a glance up. I didn't have like, anything quippy <laughs> to say, and I was just like, eh, it's been a <laughs> kind of week. <laughs> it has been a <laughs> kind of week. It's been raining for like two days straight. Mm-hmm. And it, we're recording on a Thursday, so it just kind of throws things off a smidge. A little bit, but you know, it's Easter weekend and stuff and travels and what have you? Th- thanks for adapting to, um, <laughs> God, I have to go be with like an entire family. <laughs> oh, family. <laughs> I'm just going to hang out with my mom. Uh, so I'm, I'm Gucci over here. No, I mean, I actually do like my family. Like they're all super cool people. It's just a lot of people. And it's not relaxing. It's when it's, you feel like you, yeah. you need to. Not necessarily entertain, but interact with everyone. Yeah, I have to be social and talk. And at least there's going to be alcohol. Mm -hmm. So that'll be okay. That's a plus. My uncle makes these magnificent margaritas. Nice. Yeah. And there's like other people to entertain your kid. Mm hmm. That's always good. There's other kids for my kid. Mm hmm. That's always nice. Yeah. So I don't hate it, it's just people. Ashton's going to be the only kid amongst adults. Oh, no. Like he usually is. That's why he acts like a tiny old man sometimes. But after all of the holiday chaos. Yeah. And the work week chaos. Yeah. We made it here to record with you tonight. And it's hump day. Did you see in the last hump day? I, I did. <laughs> and it was, um, I think it was surprisingly accurate. You think I mean, so? yeah. Because okay, I really good. sat there and thought about it and, <laughs> and sounded it out. The burp a derp. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I like it. God. It fits. I liked it. It was a nice little giggle. <laughs> Brought myself some joy for that day. It was whatever it took. So, um, speaking of hump day, this doesn't go with the theme. It's episode 86 and it's psychics. Mm hmm. Tapping into Sh- our no, 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 no. <laughs> I love that you went with fifth sense and I went with South Park. Yes. Sh- no, 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 no. Wow. <laughs> My boobs can always tell when it's been raining, too. <laughs> and boy, has it been. And it's been raining. It's been raining. So I was just kind of wandering the aisles of Thrifty Liquor yesterday. <laughs> As one does. As one does. Um, I probably could have found a cocktail to go along with this, but I was tired. Okay. So we like white wines. Mm-hmm. So I'm browsing the whites. And I see this wine entitled Loosen Up. Indeed, we need to. to. (laughs) (laughs) 
give me the alcohol to do that with. Mm-hmm. So that's what I got. And I didn't realize that the bottle was so pretty. It's gorgeous. Until I got it home and put it in my window. Mm-hmm. The light was shining through. It's like a jade green. It's really pretty. We put a light behind it in the photo. So go take a look at that. Yes. Go to the socials. <laughs> we look got at the creative. Mm-hmm. It's really good, though. The wine's really good. It is really good. It's a Riesling. But I didn't know what it was until I actually turned the bottle around and read it. <laughs> because all it says on the front was um, crisp, fruit-driven white. And I'm like, well, I'm here for all of that shit. Give mm-hmm. it to me. And so I did. Here we are. Drinking it. Yeah. It is nice. This is kind of relaxing. Mm-hmm. It's good. A little wine, a little rain, a little murder stuff. <laughs> a little bit of murdery. Yeah. Go look at all the socials and browse. To your heart's content. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff there to find. Hump day treats. Trivia. Case pictures. Shenanigans. Uh, Mind teasers. A whole lot of memes. (laughs) Yeah. Just go do the things. Yeah. Y'all can post on there, too, if you want to. Mm Mm-hmm. Whatever. Whatevs. Whatevs. (laughs) Let's let's talk about some psychics. Let's talk about psychics, baby. (laughs) <laughs> I was trying to think if there was anything that we forgot about, but that was fantastic. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. You know what? My my fuckatometer is, is um, broken. Your fuckatometer. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, but I'm here for this. My case is on the psychic Christy Robinette mm-hmm. and the murder of Ashley Howley. Oh, shit. Okay. So here we go. Ashley Howley was a 20-year-old exotic dancer who was last seen alive on June 16th, 2004. Oh, damn. All right. So not that her being an exotic dancer mattered per se. Oh, I'm here for it. But I'm just letting, you know, letting you know. Do we have a photo of her in her outfit? Because this sentence is highlighted. We have a photo, but not in her outfit. This is like literally the only picture I could find of her on the interweb. Well, damn. And it was on a missing persons website. Okay. So she looks younger than 20 in that picture. I'm going to say so. But well, everybody looks young to me now. <laughs> now that I'm, <laughs> now now that that I'm 22. 23? I'm 23. Oh, okay. 22. 22. You're 22. Okay, I panicked for a minute. Calm <laughs> But that's her, um, like, sweet, innocent she little angel sweet. baby. Oh, um, that has got to be in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. Like she a- went missing in 2004. So. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna say it's pretty relative to that timeline. But um, in all realness, um, I, I graduated it. high school right before that. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a thing. Hey, I was getting my first divorce that year. (laughs) That's fantastic. We both have milestones. (laughs) That was a great year. (laughs) Good year. Good year. Yeah. So in the early morning hours of that day, 911 received a call from Ashley who reported that her boyfriend... Robert McMichael had broken into her Columbus, Ohio apartment and assaulted her. McMichael? 
Mac Michael. Mac yep. Michael. What? That. Oh, all right. And he's actually Robert McMichael the second. Oh my god! I didn't put the second in there. Yeah, no need for that. I have. Do we not like him? Because oh, of course not. His name gets on my nerves. Okay, cool. Of course not. <laughs> there are nine one one tapes where she can be heard saying uh, that it was her estranged boyfriend who had choked, kicked, and hit her. Oh, no, that's not okay. Ashley refused medical treatment, and, of course, Robert was nowhere to be found. Mm. Um, I am going to interject here. Something I cut out, but now I've decided needs to be there. Okay. Both of them ran in circles where there was a lot of substance abuse. Okay. I didn't see any details of what kind. I don't know what kind of drugs were being done. I do know that I read a thing where her best friend had said that she was several months clean. Okay. That she was like on the upswing. Good job. So she was doing good. But as far as I could tell, he was not. Okay. So. Mm, Yeah, that's pretty common. Yeah. Her best friend also said that Ashley told her that the assault took place in the bedroom, and at one point, he choked her to the point of semi-consciousness. Nope. Run. Bye. He left the room, and when she heard him coming back, she played dead. That's not okay. That's not yeah. okay. Oh, my God. He stood over her and told her that if he couldn't have her, no one would, and he left again with her cell phone. Ashley waited for a few minutes and then ran to a neighbor's where she made the 911 call. <sighs> She made plans that day to go to her best friend's house, but she never made it and wasn't seen since. It was about a month later when Ashley's mother filed a missing persons report. So I was a little bit aggravated when I wrote that part because it was like, why a month? Why a month? Yeah. I found some articles later that didn't really explain it, but made me think that maybe this was the reason. So Ashley was living in Ohio. Okay. And her family lives in Michigan. So they may not be the kind of family that talks every day, but still a month seems very excessive. And you're right. Maybe maybe they didn't talk with her lifestyle. Yeah. Um, you know, being a user, you don't typically keep in contact with your family. If your family doesn't approve of the life you're leading. And so I, there could be so many, there's there's a lot of fuzziness in there that I didn't could be that I wasn't able to figure out. So, Okay. But it was a, it was a month, which pisses me off, but it is what it is. Yeah. And her mom filed the missing persons report. Although authorities suspected that her ex, Robert, had something to do with her disappearance, they found no evidence to prove it and her case went cold. Fuck. So let me tell you a little bit about Robert real, real quick. Are you with me with another Robert Will. Robert Will. Okay there you have a seizure. <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. I'm not even drunk or anything. I just, <laughs> my brain is kerbobbled. Okay. Oh, I feel you. <laughs> so at the time, Robert was on probation for a previous assault on Ashley. Surprise, surprise. Mm. D- she had tried to have him arrested prior to this night at least 10 times. So there are at least 10 different failures by the cops to prevent this. Yeah. 10 different police <laughs> reports. <laughs> He reportedly stalked her and at one point stole her dog to make her see him. When Isn't that a felony? uh, Probably. I don't know. I thought it was. Uh, Don't touch my dog. Mm -mm. 
When she spoke to people about this, including her dad, she would say that his quote unquote rich daddy will bail him out anyway. Oh, fuck you. Robert had moved a friend of his into his and Ashley's apartment a few days later, a few days after that 911 call. What kind of friend are we talking about? Just a friend friend. Okay. Neighbors saw them throwing some of her belongings into the dumpster. A neighbor asked where Ashley was, and Robert said she moved back to Michigan. Ashley's cell remained active until July 30th with no activity. Oh, you can definitely bet that that would be a strong indicator that mm-hmm. that I'm not around anymore. It's all a little sus, yeah. Yeah. And, and here's more. Here's more. <laughs> Ashley's apartment was not entered by police for nearly a month, so probably after her mother filed the missing persons report. Yeah, okay. Ashley's mom said that she fought in that apartment. In the bathroom of her bedroom on the wall and door was evidence of this. Uh, I don't know what kind. It was just obvious there was a struggle. There was a struggle. Okay. Ashley's animals were still there. Mm. I don't know what all. I know at least a dog, but I don't know. And they were still alive? Yeah, they were still there. Okay. Anyone who knew her knew that she would save her animals before herself, so that was also an indicator that she must not be around. And it's not a runaway. Yeah. Much of her clothing remained hanging in the closet and personal items in her bathroom. So there was no evidence that she packed up and left. Okay. By the time police entered, the place was a wreck. Ashley's car would end up turning up a month later in another apartment complex parking lot. <gasps> so she didn't take off in her car. That motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So mm. there's there's Ashley's case. There's her story. Okay. Here's the next little tidbit. This is where um, all the psychic shit comes in. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Had to drink on that. No, drink all you need to. <laughs> so, and um, just a little FYI, yeah. I, I don't know entirely 100% where I stand on the psychic thing. So I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. I don't know. Do I believe it per se? Uh but this I, is complicated. Com- <laughs> yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. This is compelling. That's why I chose it. The story was, you know, kind of like, okay, maybe there is something to this. So I agree. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Christy Robinett is a psychic medium who claims that she's able to talk to the dead. Ooh. Let's look at a picture of Christy real quick because um, fabulousness. Oh my <laughs> God. She Look got and her red. that bright red hair, y'all. Yes, ma'am. That's Britney Red. That is Britney Red. But she got a Karen so. haircut, but I'm still kind of yeah. here for it. But <laughs> I'm it still kind of here for it. It suits her. Yeah, she's cute as a button. I love it. I love the necklace. Mm-hmm. Like, all of it. She style is fly. I would probably really like to hang out with her. Yeah. In some shape or form. Yeah. Tell me what you know. <laughs> okay, I don't want to hang out with her like this, though. What do you mean? <laughs> One night, a year after Ashley's disappearance, Christy was fast asleep at her home in Michigan when she said a ghost of a woman woke her. Huh. She said the woman said she had been murdered and that her name was Ashley. Christy says spirits often appear to look human. This time, the girl had a gray tint and was partially translucent. And so here's a quote from Christy. I could tell she was a spirit and she had not crossed over and she hadn't passed over to heaven or what we call heaven. So she knew that that wasn't a people there. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> she would agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ashley wanted her remains to be found so that she could be put to rest and her family could find closure. Yeah, that'd be great. It's not uncommon for Christy to aid the authorities in cases, but that was the first time that she had been contacted by the spirit of a dead person asking for help. I don't, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Christy says, quote, she wanted her, she wanted her killer, who was her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend at the time, to serve time. She was a little bit revengeful. Same. Um, of course. Yeah. You murdering son of a bitch. the shit out of him. Right. So Christy Robinette had no prior knowledge of Ashley Halley's disappearance, so she searched the internet and was able to find the missing persons case. She immediately knew that Ashley was the ghost who had communicated with her. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Okay. Christy went to the authorities to tell her story. Investigators put Christy in contact with Ashley's family after she was able to provide a detailed description of the clothes Ashley wore when she was last seen. Whoa. Yeah. Freaky. Okay. Throughout the course of the investigation, Ashley's spirit visited Christy on multiple occasions and provided details regarding what had happened to her. When Ashley visited Christy, she showed images of light-colored pines where her body was. Okay. I'm not sure how that works, but there we are. All right. So, Christy volunteered her time and abilities to help locate Ashley's grave, working with local police and a family advocate who was Ashley's cousin, Carrie Combs, nice. to piece together the clues. Together, they traveled to a location that Ashley had described in one of her visits. They were stopped by a park ranger where they were looking. No light-colored pines were in that area, but he knew where some were. Sweet. Mm-hmm. The psychic immediately knew that they had found the site where the remains could be found, but authorities were not able to dig since it was located on private property. I'm going to knock on their door. Something. I'd be be like, proactive. Yeah, shovel. You need some help? Right. Find do this. Get the body off my property. <laughs> God. In 2008, Robert McMichael was charged with the murders of his mother. Whoa, whoa. I know, I know. Just hang tight. Shit just got crazy. What? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. I know. Shit just got crazy. I just threw you for a loop, but just oh, uh, stick with me. I read the rest of the sentence. Just stick with me. Okay. In 2008, Robert McMichael was charged with the murders of his mother, Barbara McMichael Rush, 49, and her boyfriend, Greg Barty, 43. Let me show you a picture of Robert real quick. When yeah. he when he got arrested. Let's see this asshole. Ew. There's Robert. Okay. And a uh. little sidebar on this also. Um so when I was looking for pictures of him, uh -huh. this was the only one where he was not posing for a prison pen pals situation. I don't want him as a prison when pen pal. When you safe. Google his name. Hold on. That's what pops up. Like, if you go to images, Google his name. I'm doing it right now. What's his, what's the douchebag's name? Robert. Robert. Mac. M-A-C. Michael. The second. Oh, look, he pops up. You see all those images of him where he's beard and hair is well manicured and the pictures of him standing shirtless and the ones of him with dogs trying to get him some prison what pen pals. Fuck. Kind of pen pal are you trying to get, <laughs> sir? <laughs> but when I looked those up, I was this like, like Tinder. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. I am not sharing any of these pictures where he's like throwing out thirst traps for the craze on the data prisoner website. We need to show the picture of him with the dog. This dog looks absolutely miserable and terrified at the same Which time. Which one, the big one? The little, the chihuahua. little one. <laughs> <laughs> This dog is 
like, would you put me the fuck down? <laughs> put me down, motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, no, I'm not gonna, not gonna spread his dating profile. I'm gonna show a shitty I picture. Just saw what is that a saint bernard or yeah the big dog the poor big dog is like not having it dude (laughs) okay there's so many i mean y'all just i'll post the chihuahua one but um y'all these are well worth the goog just just google it it's it's ridiculous this dude oh douchebox oh he's a winner dude For sure. Okay, sorry. Back to the fucked up shit that you just told us. Okay, so he murdered his mother? His mom and her boyfriend. The two were found dead inside their home on December 26th, 2007. It's fucking Christmas, bro. Oh my God. Barbara was strangled and Greg was beaten with a shovel. Oh my God. Robert then returned to the house two days later in Greg's stolen truck and stole a TV, DVD player, and the vacuum he used to clean the crime scene. Oh, my God. He left his own blood at the house and told witnesses he pawned the stolen goods for $130. So he didn't try to cover shit. (laughs) Sir. Sir. He took the vacuum, though. He got that vacuum. (laughs) He got the Uber. Or dirt devil shark. I don't know. I don't, I don't care. It can't but. have been that good if he pawned that a DVD player and a TV and only got one hundred thirty bucks. One hundred thirty dollars. Yeah. After he was charged with those murders, he was then charged in connection with Ashley's case. <laughs> wow. So here's how that right. happened. Here's how that happened. Okay. Ashley's remains were found in April two thousand eight. She was missing for four years before police were led to her remains in the woods south of the Delaware County line near a house where Robert sometimes lived with his father. She was identified through dental records. The location where she was found was the exact area that Christy pointed to a few years prior. So that's where they went. That's where they went. Oh, my God. Oh, and it was a private property. Yeah. So it was his. His dad owned that property so that's where they found her you can't really tell it's a wooded area yeah close Um, to a river well i mean it's in the dead of winter so or i'm guessing because there is no greenery anywhere that was april but it was april up north their april's different than our yeah that's different than our april once all this came to light we found out what happened to ashley in court Uh, i don't Okay. Assistant County Prosecutor James Lowe said Robert killed her after a domestic fight in June 2004. Then he and a friend buried her in a shallow grave and Robert poured quick setting concrete over her body. The area had been searched, but dogs never hit on her scent, Lowe said, because of the The concrete. concrete. The friend, Garrett Kalish, and I could not find a picture of him. Came forward in 2008 and led police to the body. Then Garrett died of an accidental drug overdose weeks later. Shit. The prosecutor, James Lowe, said, Without him, we had no body. Not nobody. Nobody. Ashley's remains were too badly decomposed to determine a cause of death. Because, like I said, they had to identify her by dental records. Dental records. Oh, my gosh. It's contagious. 
says he faced a lifetime in prison and the families of three people he killed. He refused to explain what everyone wanted to know. Why? Yeah. In Franklin County Common Pleas Court. That's what it's called. Common Pleas Court. Yeah. Okay. He showed no emotion and offered no explanation for the crimes, but avoided a possible death penalty and pleaded guilty to the three murders. He will have no chance of parole. Okay, well, that's good. He done. Good. So I have a quote from Judge Julie M. Lynch. Oh, that is a good name for mm -hmm. a judge. Okay. You're showing a complete lack of remorse. And I believe Ashley Halley's cousin when she says you thought you got away with this for four years. Yeah, fuck you. The cycle of violence stops today and it's going to stop here in courtroom 7C. Yes, bitch. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That is me smacking him. I, just in case I'm with you. Well, yeah. I, I know you saw it, but they didn't see it. So that's what those smacks were. Smacking my bitch up. <laughs> it's a great song. I know. Okay. <laughs> Christy has worked on other investigations since Ashley's case, but she said her participation is confidential since there are some people who do not agree with using a psychic, which I get that uh, yeah i get it there's a lot of phony balonies mm-hmm. Def- oh absolutely 100 yeah. yeah still she's willing to use her abilities if it means helping victims and their families she accepts investigative work without getting paid and has been a full-time psychic since 2000 she makes Ooh. her money in different ways okay. she never gets paid for investigative work i respect that yeah that's why i don't think she's yeah she's not know. in it for the glory then mm-hmm. okay Investigation Discovery Special Restless Souls Mm. examines the 2004 murder of Ashley Howley and how psychic medium Christy Robinette volunteered her services to help solve the case. So check that out. I have not yet, but I might. I'm adding that. So a little bit about Christy. Christy is a psychic medium and author who began seeing spirits at the age of three. She grew up in a strict Christian household in Detroit. That'll do it. When she was, <laughs> when she was eight, the spirit of her deceased grandfather helped her escape from a would-be kidnapper. Could not find more about that. But I what that story, right, Christy? We have an email. We got messenger. Contact us, please. Come on, girl. <laughs> As an adult, she was often called upon by the local police departments to examine cold cases in a new light. And from different angles. Mm-hmm. She gained a solid reputation for being extremely accurate at sci- psychical. What? Psychical okay. profiling and giving new perspectives on God <laughs> and giving new perspectives on unsolved crimes. It was then that she began working with many law enforcement agencies, attorneys and private investigators around the U.S., Christy teaches psychic development and paranormal investigating at local colleges and gives lectures across the country. You can find her online at christyrobinette.com and she's on Facebook and Twitter. Oh my God. And that's it. That's my case. I want to go talk to her. I like toyed around with the contact us and I didn't do it. Dude. We need to find her. (laughs) I want to hang out. Okay. That was really good. Well, she's in Michigan, so... Road trip? Yeah. That's a lot of road between us and Michigan now that I think about it. Yeah, no, I'm going to fly. That's a lot of road. I'm going to fly. 
I mean, I love road tripping with you and everything, but... That's a lot of days in a car. That's, yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> same. No offense, same. Yeah. That's a lot of time. We could do a drunk flight together instead. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm thinking. Goals. <laughs> All right. My case. I need okay. a drink. Okay. I heard this one a couple years ago, and I cannot believe that I found it, but I did. It was impressive. Because I did not know the names or anything. I just remembered certain details, so I'm so excited that I found it. And it's going to piss you off, so I have a trigger warning, I guess. <laughs> but here we go. So I'm doing The Disappearance of Susan Jacobson. When someone you love goes missing, you call the police. But what happens when the police refuse to do their job? You turn to other avenues. Of course. On May 15, 1976, Susan Jacobson, age 14, left her home in Staten Island to go on a job interview at a local ice cream parlor. Okay, that's the cutest thing. (laughs) That's the cutest thing. Okay. (laughs) She was wearing jeans and a pair of sneakers on which she had written Dempsey and Susan for Eva. For the number four. Yeah, I I got that. (laughs) Anyways, it was the last time that her parents ever saw her. Unfortunately. That's awful. I have a photo of Susan. Okay. It says, Susan, look how precious she is. Oh, my gosh. She's cute as a button. I know. With the iconic middle part 70s hairdo. Her hair is so silky. Yeah. Shiny, silky, beautiful hair. She's gorgeous. I know. She's precious. When she didn't return home for dinner, like her six other siblings the did. fuck are y'all doing? <laughs> they, you know what they're doing. <laughs> Get off of her. <laughs> My I... God. Her parents, Bill and Ellen. Ellen, would you just stop letting him lie on top of you? <laughs> Calm down. Stop it. You're humans, not rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot. That's, that's, that's too much, kids. That's too many. Okay, so they actually did call the police immediately to report her missing, but they were told that Susan probably just ran off with her boyfriend, Dempsey, and they weren't going to use police resources to look for her. Fuck off. The two had been dating for about a year, but her parents had ordered that they break up. Oh, that never is a good idea. You can't. Look, that's just going to push them closer together. Uh-huh. I wasn't sure if this was true, but supposedly she had gotten an abortion. Okay. But I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Bill and Ellen had tried everything to locate their daughter. Susan's family and friends, 30 or 40 at a time, searched for her, sometimes in the thickets of Port Ivory. You had 30 or 40 friends. Well, I mean, friends and family. <sighs> I'm not, I know, but I'm not going to have that much people looking for me. Bitch, shut up. Yes, you will. All the podcasters are coming. (laughs) (laughs) We will unite and join together and find joy. I'm quite certain friends, family, and others included, there can't be 40 people. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. Go Susan for being awesome. Look, she had the right kind of people. They jumped on it. All of them did, except for one. Okay, elaborate, please. (laughs) So with no luck, after a couple of weeks, they were no closer to finding her. 
So somehow they found out about a psychic named Dorothy Allison. All right. So many people have actually heard about Dorothy Allison. She is a self-proclaimed psychic. She's most known for assisting police departments in the solving of criminal cases. She was born in Jersey City, New Jersey. Jersey girl. Yeah, where she grew up in a Roman Catholic family. Her mother was a seer, and Dorothy had visions as a child, though her first meaningful psychic experience did not occur until she was 14. Okay. She saw that her father, in spite of his seeming good health, would pass away in two weeks. Uh, he came down with pneumonia and passed away exactly how she had envisioned it. That's scary as fuck, Dorothy. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. So let's go. I know, right? Like, I don't want to predict my own parent. I don't want to know. No, I don't no, want to know no. how any of my loved ones are going to pass. I, I don't, I don't want to know that. But anyways, I have a photo of Dorothy. Her cute little. All right, Dorothy with the eyebrows. It, like, it, yeah, she's pretty damn cute. All right, get it. Um, she actually got so close with the Jacobsons that the rest of the kids called her Aunt Dorothy. That's adorable. I know. I like it. She became involved in a number of homicide and missing persons cases that the police were having trouble solving. Among her many police reporters was Robert Delita, chief police in Nutley. Nutley. (laughs) 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 One of the high-profile cases she dealt with was the Patty Hearst case. Oh, get it. You may have heard of it. Somebody we know did that case. Yeah. I'm looking at her. Anyways, (laughs) she predicted... That Hearst would become involved in a bank robbery and eventually join forces with her kidnappers. She also gave information in the Son of Sam case. Among the accurate data was her description of David Berkowitz and the fact that a parking ticket would be a key item leading to his downfall. All right, get it, girl. In May 1988, she was featured on Unsolved Mysteries. She used her abilities to help find missing kids and their predators. Good on you. In her voluntary detecting career, she claims she worked on more than 5,000 cases for law enforcement agencies around the globe and was credited by many with helping to solve more than a dozen murders and find at least 50 missing children. Okay, that's a lot of cases. I'm going to say she might actually be able to do this. Yeah. A little bit. So... Dorothy did agree to help, so her and her husband, Bob, arrived in Staten Island. All they knew about the Jacobsons was that they needed help finding their daughter. She knew nothing about Susan whatsoever. Okay. As they sat down, Dorothy asked Bill and Ellen if the numbers 2, 5, 6, and 2 meant anything to them. They said, yeah, it's their daughter's birthday, February 5th, 1962. Oh, shit. Dorothy then asked them about the numbers 408 or 405. Susan had been born at 4.05 a.m. Okay. Next, Dorothy said that she could see the letters M-A-R and asked the parents if they knew what it meant, but they had no idea what Mar was. Right. She then shared with them a vision she had about where Susan's body was. She envisioned the body in a marsh area near a large rock with the word M-A-R written in big red letters. She sensed the smell of oil and the number 222 connected with it. 222. Hmm. She also predicted her body was in water. Dorothy provided a number of other visual clues like two sets of church steeples, dual smokestacks, and a broken down car in a marsh area. So 
the Jacobsons were like, okay, well, I mean, we, we got some stuff. Let's see. Let's call the police back. Can they do anything? Uh, no. No, they weren't interested. Oh, my God. You know, they were like, it's been so long. Now someone has told us that our daughter is actually deceased. Like, no. So Bill, super dad, decided to take all the clues that Dorothy had given him and search for himself. That's what I'd do. Yeah. He's a down bitch. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> it took him a while, but he finally found an old World War I shipyard. The locals called Downback. It seemed to fit Dorothy's description of the location. Once he started searching the area, he did indeed find a rock with letters M-A-R in red spray paint. Weird. He knew that he had the right spot, still no clue what the letters meant. The problem was, it was a massive area and completely filled with waste and trash. He searched what he could, but he never found Susan. Mm. It would take two years from when she went missing until a group of boys out hunting muskrat. Okay, that's a thing? Uh, yeah, apparently. <sighs> Um, they, they found her body. She had been put inside of an oil drum marked with the numbers 222. Ooh, uh, mm-hmm. freaky. <sighs> yeah, the kids opened it up. Oh, gosh. And they thought it was animal bones. Mm. It was not. Standing in the spot where the drum was found, you could see two church steeples and two smokestacks, just as Dorothy had predicted. Susan's body showed that she had been strangled before being put inside the drum, which contained oil, and was knocked into a swampy, water-filled hole. Oh, my gosh. Like, right on the money. When Dorothy first talked about her vision, she told Susan's parents more than where to find their daughter. She also revealed who had killed her. Her fucking boyfriend. Oh, my God. Now that they finally had a body, the police brought Dempsey Hawkins in for questioning. He looked sus from the start. Remember the 40 people that searched for Susan? Mm-hmm. One of those 40 people was Dempsey, said Mr. Jacobson. I have 39 people getting bitten by mosquitoes, bugs, stupid little animals, looking in the weeds, and Dempsey is sitting on the shoreline, looking out at the world, doing nothing. And fuck that dude. Every time we got close, he would come up with a story to take us to a different location, Susan's sister Janice said. Maybe she went to Florida, he told a family friend. Maybe Chicago. But luckily, Dipsy couldn't keep his fucking mouth shut. He told a cousin and a friend that he had strangled Susan. Oh, my God. Um, We found this out later because they never told police. I don't know if they didn't believe him or just didn't want to get involved, but they never... Tell someone! Say something. Say something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then this fucker, he was actually born in England and raised on Staten Island. He left town. Of course he did. He moved in with his father. He he had never met in Joppa, Illinois. Joppa? I don't it know. Might be Joppa. There's no way to know. And resumed high school. Like, no big deal. Wow. Don't worry. They came and got his ass. Okay, cool. Dempsey Hawkins was 16 when he murdered Susan and 18 when he was tried and convicted for her murder. Neener fucking Neener. Let's go go take a look at this fucking ass wipe. Shall we? Sir. Okay, but that's a well-manicured 
afro he's got there? No, he's a nice looking guy. Like I, I can't. But he's got but the glasses. Like he's got the glasses. He's got the glasses. And he's got the little like douchebag stash that's barely there, you know? Because he's 16. That's all I can grow. I know. You have a point. But still, mm-hmm. it li- just don't have still, it until you can do it right. I don't know. Yeah, still fuck you, dude. Why are you wearing a turtleneck? You're not an artist. He, <laughs> I don't know. He's from England. <sighs> Whatevs. No offense, England people. No, but I mean, you you are super trendy, so maybe he was, you know. Maybe he was trendy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't like a turtleneck, though. It ain't cute. No, I just don't like him. It, it makes everybody's head look big. <laughs> <laughs> it 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 it's not flattering for me and my double chin. It's not they, flattering for any I, human. Plus, they're annoying. They I'm, used to be in style I, with the big bulky sweater, you know, with the I'm turtleneck. Hot I natured. tried to wear it and I felt like I was choking the whole entire time. How do people, I don't, I don't get I don't know. It. I don't know. Anyways. I love a good cow neck though. Cow necks are cool. I can mm. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> now but, that we got that out of the way. Back to this asshole. <laughs> so he was distraught over their pending breakup. Of course he was. He lured Miss Jacobson into a bunker. There were several of them in the area. In a secluded part of Staten Island. And choked her to death with his shirt. Sir. He said they went down there and he was all sweaty and stuff. So he took his shirt off and he put it around her neck, like kind of jokingly. And then he just kept going with it. Oh, my God. Why would you jokingly put your shirt around someone's neck? He wasn't joking. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a stupid, stupid story. Mm -hmm. You know what would be cute and funny? Let me put this around. (laughs) Oh, wait. I like the way this... uh, Actually, I don't know. Maybe that is how it went. Oh, I like the way this feels. Let me see what happens if I pull a little tighter. But why would you put it around somebody's neck? That's gross. Get your sweaty clothes off me. No, he knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. Yeah. Fuck you, Dempsey. He dumped her body into an oil drum and buried it in a large hole beside a tree. So he was sentenced to 22 years without eligibility of parole. Okay. I just can't. Okay. Somehow, starting in 2000, he became eligible to apply for parole. He had a bunch of good behavior bullshit. Oh, that's so stupid. Of course you're going to be on your best behavior when you're in jail. Well, he did get like, denied then and for every two years after that. But his fortunes changed in August of 2016. In a split de- decision of sorts, a state parole board denied Hawkins parole in the United States, but said he could be conditionally paroled if he was shipped back to England by July of 2018. So, he is now 63, living freely in England. He did have to do some programs and bullshit, but yeah, what the fuck ever. Right. And he's actually doing some online dating. Of course. You you don't want to match up with this one. So I'm going to show you one of his little profile pics. So okay. you can be on the lookout for him. Here's Dempsey now. No, thank you, please. Sir, his sir. His smile creeps me out. Yeah. Mm-mm. I'm good. I'm good. He traded the turtleneck for a dad jacket. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about Allison because I have to get my mind off of him. Okay. So she became well-known 
But like all psychics, she came under scrutiny by skeptics who questioned both the value that she and other psychics had in solving cases Mm -hmm. and the accuracy of the information shared with police. Naturally, yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit of a skeptic as well. Yeah. Critics complained that after cases were solved, a few accurate predictions would be highlighted while a mass of inaccuracies would be suppressed and forgotten. Well, yeah, I mean, not every single thought or vision that comes to her head is going to be right. Yeah. There, there, of course, there's going to be wrong ones, but whatever. Yeah. Regardless of such criticisms, Allison continued to be called upon by police right to the end of her life. The last case in which she offered information was the murder of John Benet Ramsey. We all know who that is. A child yeah. killed in her home in Boulder. Her brother did it. Uh, <laughs> it's my theory. That's anyway, our opinion. I know. I know. I know, I know. I know. But unfortunately, Allison passed away December 1st, 1999 in Nutley, New Jersey. I would hate to die in Nutley. Mm. Maybe it's lovely. I don't know. Maybe. It probably is. <laughs> I mean, look at the name of our hometown. It sounds perfectly normal, and it's a shithole. <laughs> so. Truth. It's never boring, though. Mm-mm. Let's do some trivia to try to bring this back oh, yeah. up. Um, while you get your book out, I'm going to read who the winners are for this week. Okay. We have a brand new one. Coming in on Twitter is... Joe Rowe, the Inapro Pro. The Inapro Pro. And then we have Miss Shannon Williams coming in on Facebook. Y'all, she took the lead. She's got nine now. Oh my goodness. Mm hmm. And Miss Rebecca coming in on Instagram. You got four. You can still do this. Good job, Becca. Good job to all of you. Congratulations, Miss Brittany. What was the question and what was the answer? <laughs> you said congratulations, and I was like, what'd I do? Congratulations, <laughs> Miss Brittany. Congratulations. <laughs> you are hanging out with me. Oh, that's it. Okay. And I gave you wine. Let's, you did give me wine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to redeem myself a little bit. Okay. So here was the question. Mm-hmm. What was the especially deranged method of murder of the Sleepy Hollow Killer in South Africa? Gross. The answer is, Mm. the Sleepy Hollow Killer strangled his victims with their own panties. Um, I'll read you just a tiny snip. Okay. In the late 1990s, 13 women were raped and murdered around the city of... Oh, man, I I shouldn't have read this. (laughs) Pieter Maritzburg. Pieter Maritzburg. Wait, I gotta come see this. What? And the KwaZulu Natal. Pieter Maritzburg. Maritz. Maritz. Mar- yeah. Pieter Maritzburg. And the KwaZulu Natal. All right. Yeah, I'm going with that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Anyway, it's areas of South Africa. Um, All of the victims were found near the N3 highway, and all were believed to have been sex workers. So that's sad. I don't like it. Yep. Lame. Let's do a new one. Okay. I like to move on from that, please. 
Okay, this one's not much better, but we're doing it. <laughs> I don't think there are any in that book that are. Well, it is it's, called Serial Killer Trivia. Yeah, I don't think there's any good stuff in that book. Fascinating facts and chilling details from the creepiest unsolved murders ever. Now there are fascinating facts and all of the rest of the stuff that you just said for sure. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps us coming back. Yep. So all here right. we go. I got a new one. Okay. Who is the Indian serial killer who murdered 13 homeless people over a six-month span? Why? I don't know. People suck. Read it again. Who is the Indian serial killer who murdered 13 homeless people over a six-month span? Mm. And your time starts now. Get after it, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Chop, chop. (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know. I like that. Uh, that might stick around. Get after <laughs> it, bitches. All right. Well, you heard the woman. Go get after that and get after writing reviewing us. Yep. That'd be cool, too. Yep. It'd take a little second. It'll just take you like five seconds. Just do it. Just go. Just right now. So we don't have to keep asking. It's making us sound super I know, pathetic. Sound pathetic. I like and I, I just need y'all to just go ahead and get it over with. That's what she said. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we'll just lie here and take it. Go ahead and get it over with. Do it already. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, on that note, I think I'm gonna go. I am. Yeah. I think it's time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagen for art. We'll talk at you next week.